Meets, it's been a big weekend. We had a uh, birthday bender for my 29. We did. We celebrated in style. Um, we went out for it's very low key 29 year old style. Well, we ce- we went we celebrated with Israeli food, mm-hmm. and then we went out for karaoke. And you did your usual uh, performance of Nelly Ride With Me, which was pretty underwhelming, I must say. <laughs> you barely knew all the words. Yeah, and there's a lot of words that someone who's not black should not say. Yeah, exactly. What I learned, reading them on the screen. <laughs> the hard way. Yeah, no, so that was a bit of it. We went to Walk and Roll, yeah. um, which is as catchy as its nickname suggests it is, as its name suggests it is, rather. But it's, um, yeah, you were a bit underwhelming on the karaoke front, I have to say. I gave it my all. You did. You like, always like, do. Like, you like always do. Yep, the effort do. was high. The return was questionable. What about I Want to Dance with Somebody? Oh, God. The worst song ever. I know. It was so funny. And then everyone just kept playing your most hated songs. I know. Like in a row. Like Billie Jean. Yeah. Can you yeah. believe, members of the podcast community, that Kieran's most hated song in this world is Billie Jean? True, true. But anyway, people aren't interested in my most hated songs. They're really? interested in talking about the game against Fremantle. That's true. So it was a good way That's of capping off your birthday weekend. It was. It was. We woke up at 5am on my birthday to watch it. We did. This is <laughs> this is honestly hard. No better way of starting your birthday than with that. It was a pretty miserly performance, wasn't it? I just thought it was really boring. Yeah, I was really bored as well. I yeah. actually thought we were going to lose. Yeah. I know that sounds ridiculous, but there were so many behinds in the first quarter in particular that I just thought... There is no way that a team that is kicking this badly can possibly win. But, you know. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I thought we were going to lose because Fremantle was just so, so bad. So shocking. They're I was just so atrocious. underwhelmed by our, by our play. Oh, yeah. It was awful. We still don't really have a proper forward line set up. Yeah. So uh, my question to you, Nitz, is do we have a coherent forward strategy at all? No. I think that, we, what, we had 17, 78 inside 50s. Right. And nearly set the world record that we set against Gold Coast earlier yeah, this season. Yeah, and all the inside 50s just look like we were bombing it in long, same as right. always, and then hoping for mark of the year. And I'm not sure about this Joel Smith up forward experiment, but that doesn't look to be particularly successful at this stage. I mean, that might have been because he seemed to be a bit injured, so they could have just been oh, hiding him deep. Um, Let's hide someone in the forward line. Let's <laughs> see how that goes. I mean, when has that ever worked? You don't hide someone in the forward line. I know, we've been hiding Alex Neil Bullen in the forward line for several weeks. That's years, a good so. point. It's clearly not worked either. But, uh, well, let's talk about Neil Bullen. What did you think of his game? <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm stunned he's still in the team. Because yeah. look, I mean, some people have made the point that he's getting opportunities and if he's kicking straight, he'd be a more compelling player, which I guess is true of a lot of players. At the end of the day, he's getting 14 possessions in a team that has 78 inside 50. And kicking like, how many behinds? Three? He kicked, I think he might have kicked two or three behinds. He kicked a very late goal. That's pretty, not that's really not a good return, it. I know, but he just seems to be a staple member of the team. Yeah. I mean, this thing, Goodwin is so in love with him that he can't be, he can't be, you know, moved. And look, we drank the Neil Bull and Kool-Aid the, in the preseason. Oh, we did, did we ever? But no longer. We've yeah. thrown that Kool-Aid up. I, I mean, know, you're even getting annoyed at his facial expressions <laughs> on the oh, field. Oh, he does this stupid thing with his mouth. It is a very irritating like mouth Like Lever. Thing. The two of them do this stupid, weird mouth thing. And true Melbourne fans will know exactly what I'm talking about. It, is a, really, it is a very annoying mouth thing. And I didn't mind it when he was kicking goals, but now it's really pissing me off. It really is, <laughs> aren't you? You were getting fired up the other day. Oh, it's just so frustrating because we have this bizarre glut of small forwards. Yeah. Who, none of which is that good. No. So you, the real question is, is, would you prefer one Eddie Betts or four, like, you know... Like... Hannon's yeah, exactly. Four Hannons or like I was gonna, I was actually gonna say Neil Bullen, but like what you know, you... these four like average small forwards or one like gun small forward because right now we just have an oversupply. I think we've and got, they're all we've got eight. I'll tell you who we've got. Eight. We've, we've got eight. It seems a bit much. I don't think okay. we have eight. We've got Bug. We've got Kent. 
we've got Hannon, we've got Fritch, we've got Spargo, I we've got Hen- Garlet, we've got uh, Vandenberg, we've got that Dion... That a small yes, forward. He, he was playing for us a small forward. We've got Dion Johnston, um, we've got Jay Kennedy Harris, oh, yeah, we have Harley too. Ballack, that's 10 names I've we just named so off the top many. of my head. We have so many, we're all playing head. in this, and none of them are really owning this role at all. No, and yet no. we're still in search of a small forward. We're still in search it's of a small really, forward. It's a very bizarre situation to be in, isn't it? Look, the thing that really strikes me, and I know maybe this is a separate question, but... I just, with this inside 50 count, it's extraordinary because I remember when Rusey first took over the team and the big concern was always Melbourne's midfield is a mess. You know, mm. you've got to sort out the midfield. That's got to be an immediate priority because the back line at that stage wasn't looking that bad because it had Tom McDonald and Frawley. Right. And then forward line was obviously Hogan and Dawes. Dawes a little bit more questionable, but, mm. you know, a really, really, really promising young talent in Hogan. And so it looked like the bookends were actually okay, right? But then all of a sudden... It's just, you know, our, our bookends just still look really vulnerable and fragile. But our midfield is amazing. So that people are getting opportunities, but there's just no, I don't know, it's just the right. common upset into the grounds. It still just looks so, you know, troubling. It's tricky. I think good with um, Ruse's fetishization of inside midfielders. Yeah, well, I agree with that. It's, it's, the, it's how the Tyson trade happened, isn't it? It's a Tyson trade. You look at Josh Kelly now, and it's just painful Yeah. to think what we need right now is a polished midfielder. An outside player. Yeah. And Kelly is unusual because he can play inside as well. But, I mean, it just kills you because we have heaps of inside midfielders. We have 10 okay small forwards. Yeah. We have, look, I mean, I think our key forwards are pretty decent. Yeah, we have two pretty good good key forwards, let's be honest here. Aside from the past couple of weeks, they've been amazing all season. So we've got two pretty good key forwards. We've got a very questionable back line or one really good key forward who's now injured. A key defender. Key defender, brother, who's injured. And, which isn't helpful. So if you were the list manager right now, what do you focus on? Because there is a bit of short-termism, and it's tough, right? Definitely, you're, you're definitely. To you get leave it back to the team next year. Things right. all of a sudden don't look as bad now, do they? I mean, look, I just I think the immediate priority has got to fix this. So we've got to fix this delivery into the forward line issue right. because that's the first problem, right? Haven't it's we just, been talking about that as Melbourne supporters for like the last 15 uh, probably, years? Probably, maybe 20 or so. But, you know, yeah. we still just don't have it. We just need an outside classy player. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be the immediate priority. Maybe we should try and like get Josh Kelly next year and just you know try and. Well, it's, it has to be through free agency because we're not going to have any draft picks this year. No. Of any note, um, you'd assume that we'll just be a solid team. We're not going to get a really high pick. We're not going to get a pick one, two, three, four in the next few years. You wouldn't think, unless something terrible goes wrong. Probably, yeah. So, or unless someone leaves, right? Yeah. Maybe we should save up some cap space and make a pitch for Dylan Shield. It sounds like we haven't been in the conversation for Shield at all. No, I don't really know why. But he's, to me, he's exactly the kind of player we would need. I mean, I think he is, but I think he's also a little bit injury prone. I think we probably need Kelly more than we need Shield. You right. know, I just think we need that real speed and outside classy, uh, classy user, classy finisher. Though I right. love Shield. Shield's an incredible player. Yeah. But he's, he's more of a, he needs to be at the coal face more, I think. And do you think that's more of a priority than the two ends of the ground? I mean, I guess, look, let's think worst case, if Hogan ever does want to leave. Yeah then suddenly our forward line looks... Horrendous. Questionable, yeah. at least. No, right? it looks pretty it's bad. Like lots of average small forwards. Tom McDonald, who's a good player, but is still pretty raw in this role. And yeah. that's, that's the whole forward no, line. No, I mean, that's a disaster. I don't know what we were doing in that instance. Yeah. And then I guess we'd have to back Wiedemann, but it's a bit questionable. It's all very questionable. I don't even like thinking about that. That's like yeah. one of the... I hate it when you ever mention Hogan leaving. <laughs> you know it fills me with night terrors. I know, I know, I know. Um, Hogan will stay. Hogan will stay. Hogan will stay. Hogan will stay. Um, but... Let's just say a few more things about that game. I mean, it's not really the most memorable game. Um, Sam Frost, 
I thought was reasonable. Oh, you know what was actually even better than that was uh, Dermy's commentary of <laughs> Sam Frost wheels. Yeah. So Dermy is like, it's why does Dermy have this obsession with Sam Frost? It's like it's a Jonathan so Brown's funny. obsession with the ped. Yeah, no, yeah. Big Cam Peterson. Big Cam Peterson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. But Dermy's obsession with Frost is yeah. just hysterical. He's got a great set of wheels. Great set of wheels. The number of times yeah. I honestly thought we could just we could have started this podcast by doing like a like an audio collage <laughs> to uh We're to too lazy Frost. to do that. But Basically, yeah, we but have. any of you any of you uh, close Dermy watchers, please uh, let us know your thoughts on Dermy's commentary of Sam Frost on the weekend because I thought yeah. it was absolutely hilarious. He, he, yeah, that's true. Um, he played very well. He though. played well, but I mean, I mean, yeah. it's a non it's a non forward line. It, so it is it is an absolute non. Forward line. Yeah, I don't even shocking. know who is in the Freeman forward line. Brennan Cox is that Brennan, his name? Brennan Cox, that's true. That guy. Um, and God knows who else. Yeah, I'm not sure who else was in yeah. it, but so, there you go. So I think that the test for Frost will be in a couple of weeks against Adelaide, or You'd against Geelong. Against... I think first. Oh, sorry, right. Yeah. Against the Dogs. I mean, he might even play on Mitch Wallace or something. Yeah, or well, I mean, that Lipinski might be a question. Or yeah, exactly. Or... He. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you'd assume he'd play all right in those games. What do we think about our, our record away from home? I mean, we're one of the worst home teams in the competition right? honestly us and the swans yeah we're like the most like it's there's it's like an anti-home ground advantage yeah it's a disaster every game we have at the g i mean we've won, what, i feel much more comfortable when we're leaving me too i mean we've got we've had two games i think right um out of maybe six that we've won maybe yeah so i think we won the carlton game and we won the north melbourne game right and every other game at home we've lost a season yeah which is insane it's appalling and it's people really people strange. say west coast can't win a flag because they can't win at the g what about us well we're not gonna i'm not sure if we'll make contention for that but you know no but you know what i mean you'd assume can't. this is going to be our dominance i know but it's yeah. just a disaster for us what's the anti-richmond that's it's so a disaster. weird thinking back to the danaher era where we were just this fortress at the mcg and couldn't win anywhere else yeah it's a complete opposite now we can win everywhere but the mcg yeah yeah well, look, that could help us in the next few weeks because we've got um, the game against Geelong, the game against Adelaide. But the dogs next week at the MCG, however. Right, which mm. is a bit of a danger game, but we'll come bit. to that. Um, a question for you, Neitz. Um, has Jordan Lewis, has the trade been a success? You know, I'm still very... Um, it's, it's interesting because it all depends on your expectations, right? So my expectations of the Jordan Lewis trade were quite high. I thought he'd come in, offer real leadership, you know... Um, you know, real sort of like guidance for the younger players, that type of thing. And and with some of these stupid actions on the field, costing us 50-meter penalties, swearing at umpires, getting suspended, etc. And also some of his kicking not necessarily being up to what it was a few years ago. I kind of think it's been a disappointment. Yeah, for me, I have to say, I had very low expectations going in. Yeah. I didn't think he played that well, the Hawks, in his last year. And I know he was second the best in Ferris. But just the games I watched, I was like, this guy just doesn't look up to it anymore. Yeah. And to me, he's been better than I expected. I thought this season he's been pretty good until the last few weeks. Yeah. But his drop-off has been really bad. Really noticeable. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's been shocking. I mean, he had one really good kick, I remember that, in yesterday's game. But his kicking is just not what it used to be, is it? It's just been a bit off, and he's always going to get exposed for pace. Right. And when his kicking's not good and when he does ill-disciplined things, it's, it's just, really costly. It's just, oh, it's so frustrating. And he's meant to be the general in the background, the, in the back line. So it's a little bit of a concern, isn't it? Yeah, and that's the thing. We need him to be good. I don't think there's any possibility, really, of dropping him. I know there's a, some murmurings this week that maybe they'll drop him, but at the end of the day, like, we've lost all this experience with Lever going out of the back line. I don't think we'd want to drop Lewis as well. I agree with that. I don't think there's Unless any they bring in Vince for Lewis. But, but then what's the, what's the point in that, really? Yeah. yeah. So I think he's going to play for the rest of the season. I just, yeah. Whether it's been a success or not, it's kind of 50-50 at the moment. Yeah. We're interested in your thoughts, though, guys. What do you guys think of Jordan Lewis's trade to the Ds? Mm, maybe we'll put a poll up. Mm, you love a good poll. I do love a good poll. You do. Yeah. Yeah. You wanted to have a poll this week, which was, um, 
do the listeners prefer Kieran Omida? No, that wasn't what I preferred. That's that was not said. what the that was not what the poll was going to be about. The poll was going to be about maybe that was probably in essence what the poll was going to be about. <laughs> I swear it was something much more specific than that. But you know, I didn't want to put that one up in case I got totally and utterly um, humiliated and and uh, you know embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know. There was a lot of demands for you last week. Were there really? Uh, no, but I'm sure people were silently oh, that's demanding. That's depressing. You. <laughs> anyway, Nick, the Rowan Bale Award for most underrated performance. So I think that this week has to go to Christian Salem, you know. I mean, he's had a quiet couple of weeks, but I thought he was actually really good tonight. Yeah, he's, uh, he's very good. He was, uh, like, he's such a smooth player. Such a skillful player. He can do the quick pickup. Yeah. He doesn't fumble as much as others. Yeah, and just a beautiful kick, really. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought he played a really good game. I have to say, I mean, for all of my um, Petrarca bagging on this podcast, which yeah. I've, I've definitely been leading the charge for Petrarca to get dropped, he played a pretty decent game, aside from those three behinds. He played a great game. He just has no confidence in front of his goals. His goal kicking, it's just... It's, it's a, appalling. It's so frustrating. It's this, like his first season, but even worse almost. It's honestly... Because it doesn't even look like it's anywhere near going in. Yeah. It's not even as if he's hitting the post. It looks like he's almost about to hit it, kick everything out of bounds on the full. Because everyone's raving about Dugowie, but if, if Petrarca was kicking two or three goals, getting like, I don't know, 20 to 25 possessions... He'd be in that conversation, but he's I would way agree behind. With that. He's, he's way behind. Yeah. But this could have actually been a breakout game for him. If yeah. he kicked those three goals, this could have potentially been the breakout game that everyone has been talking about. Right. You know, like it's a twenty-nine disposals and three goals. It's a pretty good game. Right. And I will say, he looks like he's working really hard. He's tackling. He's just very clever with the ball. Yeah. Maybe we just need to accept that. You know, at some point he'll get this together. He's still a very good contributor without the kicking goals. At some point. At some point, we're still waiting. But. I mean, it's just, it's obviously a mental issue though, isn't it? Because yeah. you look at him during, I mean, some training stuff and he doesn't seem to have those problems then. It's just a pure, you know, confidence issue on the field. Right. So I'm not sure if he has to go like, what was that South African cricketer who had to go see like the sports psychologist uh, and stuff? D- Daryl Cullinan. Yeah, he's like that. Except Maybe unlike he's... Shane Warne, it's just the goalpost. Yeah, like, exactly. Fixed in the ground every exactly. Game. <laughs> so the goalpost is a thing that's like coming back to torment him every single week, you know? Um, okay. Let's turn to the dogs game. Um, do you think we make any changes this week? I, you know, I kind of think we need to sort of commit to a team at some point. So the concern I've had recently is that, you know, obviously I'm a huge fan of Simon Goodwin's coaching. Mm. Uh, and, <laughs> and that's You like, want him to get a longer deal, don't you? Exactly. I can't wait for him to get re-signed. Um, no, so I think that one problem is that when you keep making like four changes per week, mm. people just start losing confidence and people start losing... Um, any sort of trust in the coach and trust in the structures and even trust in knowing who is going to be in the team every single week. So it's a real problem. So I think that they should, you know, make as minimal changes this week, despite the fact that there was some real goal kicking issues. I would personally be very happy to see Alex Neil Bullen go out of the team, but that doesn't look like it will happen because there's, you know, Goodwin hates me and just wants to <laughs> sort of keep him in the team despite us. But anyway, um, I think that... I think that maybe maybe there should be like one change and perhaps that would be maybe even a JKH who played really well at VFL level yeah. coming in to get to get his opportunity. Maybe you should get an opportunity. Every other bloody small forward is getting well, a chance. Well, exactly. So let's, let's give just him throw him in and give Balak a go. Give Bug a go. Give him give him all a go. I know. Well, it's yeah. Mm. I mean, I just think there's no question that A and B hasn't clutched his opportunity. Definitely not. So why is it that you drop Hannon and not Neil Bullen? Like maybe Neil Bullen is doing some pressure act thing that we can't really see as well on TV, and that might be the reason he's in the team, right? In right. fairness to him. But at a certain point, you need someone to just kick some bloody. Goals. I agree, and there's no reliability in his set shot kicking at all right now. I mean, Bug is infuriating to me. I can't believe you're I mean, calling for you're Bug. Calling for of the all the people, of I've lobbied for the end of his career many times. You really have. But much as he's annoying, he definitely gets into positions where he has opportunities for goals. But so does Alex Neil Bullen, though. No, I think Bug gets more. 
Look, Buck probably causes a bit more harm, but he has a little bit more of a possibility, I think, of kicking the goal. He's kicked, I think he kicked four goals twice this year. That's actually all right. That's not That's pretty bad. pretty good. Um, and I mean, yeah, JK never really struck me as, as being AFL level. But I mean, he's playing well in the VFL. I thought Stretch played all right in the week. Yeah, I actually do think Stretch played all right. I mean, some of his kicking was a little bit of a was a little bit questionable, but overall, I thought he's performed pretty well. It's pretty solid. For his first game back, what two behinds so. though? Right, right. But, but, you know. but I guess everybody's kicking. Everybody was kicking behinds. You know, yeah, so and he's can't... not a small forward. Yeah. I mean, he definitely played a lot better than Tyson did in that role. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that on the wing because he does have some pace. He does have some pace. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think Tyson comes back in, even though it sounds like he dominated in the VFL. Yeah, I just, I really just think it's it's a sad reality that it's either he's going to be an inside midfielder or yeah. that's kind of the end of the matter. He's waiting for a Jones Oliver Viney injury, right? Yeah. Which you know, and and to be fair, to you know, to draw upon something that someone on Demonland said yesterday, and you know, because obviously um, Demonland is where we go, we get all of our uh, mm. you know our ideas, yeah. our ideas for this podcast from. But someone on Demonland said the, the other day that, you know, let's say, for example, Jones starts slowing down next year, right? The, the end could come quicker than we all think it could, right, for right. these particular players. And he doesn't look like he will at the moment, but if he gets an injury or he starts slowing down or something happens, then Tyson is in the team and he becomes really valuable again. So the whole sort of campaign to trade Tyson right. um, might not necessarily be, be a very smart one. That's a very good point. The problem is Tyson's almost too good to be a I know, I know. Player, it, right? feels, it feels ridiculous. I mean, if I were in his position, I would want to leave. Right. That's a challenge. I would feel right? very frustrated. Yeah. I feel like I could be playing as an inside midfielder in another good team. Right, 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 right. I feel like Dunn had the same issue, right? Right. Where he was too good to be a backup defender in the VFL. I think he would have been very useful to us, as this year's shown. I mean, I really don't think we should have gotten rid of Lyndon Dunn. Right. Can we also have a bit of a shout out to Lyndon Dunn? The poor yeah. guy. They're like second on the ladder now. He's gone down with an ACL. That's just right. devastating. Oh, it's really rough. Yeah, I wish him a lot of success. Oh, I've I think he's a great club man. He wanted to stay. Jerkle. I've always yeah. loved Jerkle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's rough for him. But what do you think of Trengove and Watts? Ah, uh, you know. I mean, the, the Trengove really heartens me, his story. Yeah. I really hope he gets another deal. It's so great he's still playing. Yeah. And Watts, he's playing all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with all that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, give me a prediction, Neats, this week against the Dots. So I think we'll win because I just think, even though it's at the MCG, which is a little bit of a danger for us, um, just because I think that we do have too much class in comparison to them. I mean, they've got, they've got no Jack McRae. Um, who else is injured? I'm pretty sure some other players are injured. I mean, I don't know if Red Park is in. No, I don't think um, he is. I don't even know who else is in their forward line. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Easton Wood isn't playing from memory. Right. Yeah. So I think that they've just, they have a couple of really big outs, and I think that we do have too much. We will have too much class for them. Though that being said, you know, this could be a real danger game for us, given that we do not play the MCG well at all. Right. Right. And the Dogs beat Geelong only last week, so they've clearly got a bit of bit of aptitude. Right. Right. Exactly. And I mean, they were matching with Hawthorne up until the third quarter, you right. know, and then just kind of fell apart in that third quarter. But we, but again, that was off the back of like a really incredible um, performance from Luke Bruce. And you know, given that we've just spent about twenty minutes discussing our glut of small forwards, um, I'm not sure if we'll be quite so fortunate next week. No, I don't think so. Um, but I do think we'll win. I think so too. I mean, we've got a lot. We to, just have to. We've got a lot to play for. Yeah. Really, our finals campaign probably comes down to this game in a way, right? If we lose this game, I cannot see any way we'll make finals. I with agree the, with with the that. Run we have. I agree with that. Um, so it's just an absolute must. I think we'll get the job done. I actually think we'll win reasonably comfortably. What are you? We've got too many big, too many weapons. I think we'll win by like thirty-five points. I'd say maybe fifty. Oh, okay. You're yeah. more confident than I am. Yeah, I really am. I'm actually much more confident, even though I am concerned about the MCG factor. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, thank you, everyone, for joining uh, this week's Deluded. We appreciate your support. Uh, 
Follow our Facebook page and tweet us. And we'll see you next week after the Dogs game. Go Dees. Go Dees.